Tanabon, we learned two lines from the top. Sukkah Gzula, a stolen sukkah, case number one. Case number two, you made a sukkah in the middle of a Rishusarabim, a public space. Rabbi says it's disqualified. The Chachamim Machshin, the Chachamim say that it's kosher. The Chachamim say it's kosher. And Omer uh, Abnach, most poskim hold when Chachamim say it's Machshin, it means Bidiyevet, not Lechatchila. Omer Abnach, Abnachma said, and we'll come back to that in a minute. Abnachma said, Machlekis, what's the Machlekis? Beshetoykev is Chaveri, you picked up your friend, Behoitziyay Mesukosay. Talking about a case where Reuven owns a sukkah, has a sukkah in the back of, back of his house. Shimon comes along and throws Reuven and his family out, and he moves in with his own family. So, Rabbelezer is consistent with his view. We have a choice. Whether we, whether we learn, as Gemara will explain, whether we learn that there's a machlek is the Gemara of a if karka can be stolen or not. So, whether we learn karka could be stolen, whether we can't, Rabbelezer holds you're not Yates. Why not? Rabbi says, if you can, as we learn inside, if the karka can be stolen, then you're a ganaf. And everyone agrees you cannot use stolen karka. And even though the guy was meyayish, yish doesn't work. Yish uh, Unless you have something else with it. But if karka cannot be stolen, then it's borrowed. And if it's borrowed, again, you cannot be yaitzah. So let's say, you're not yaitzah with the sukkah of your friend. To eat karka and exelis, if karka can be stolen, sukkah it's stolen. Vinami Kaka Ainizel is a property cannot be stolen, then Sukashuli, then what is it just borrowed? But Abonala Tamayu, Rabban, however, say they hold Adam Yaitse, they hold that Kaka cannot be stolen, so all it is is borrowed. And the Rabban say, Adam Yaitse de Chavasa, Mr. Kosha, Chavari Yaitse, the Sukhi friend, and the Kaka Ainizel's property cannot be stolen, the Sukashuli is a borrowed Sukkah. Abobot, we all agree, Gozal Aitzim Vesikh, when you stole wood. And you turn it into schach, divrei hakol. Everyone agrees that you yaitze. Now, why you yaitze? Because you stole it. And everyone agrees that wood can be stolen because there's a special takana that Chachami made to encourage people to do tshuva. And so if they put effort in, into it, they're not going to do tshuva. So we say, you know what? You can keep it, but you have you owe the money. Ein loy elad You owe the money. So everyone agrees. Now, there's a big machlek is reshenim. So first of all, so how, what, what exactly is an example of a stolen sukkah? What would be a stolen sukkah? We just said property cannot be stolen. So how can a sukkah ever be stolen? So Rashi tells us the only case, he cannot be talking about if I go into your house and I throw you out because property cannot be stolen. He cannot be talking about if I stole the wood and built my own sukkah because there's a special taconus called taconus hashavim. In order to encourage people to do tshuva, it was called taconus hamorish, taconus of the beam. So when can you ever steal a sukkah that we looked up test that is disqualified? So Rashi says if the sukkah is built on top of a wagon or on a ship and you steal the entire structure. Taisa says an interesting case, which then the Achroinim make a big machlekes out of Rashi and Taisa, but we won't go into that. Taisa says, what happens if Shimon walks into Ruven's property without any permission and Shimon builds a sukkah on Ruven's backyard? And then Reuven comes along and chases Shimon out of the sukkah, which is a Reuven's backyard. And Reuven moves into Shimon's sukkah, which is in his backyard. Then Reuven is a ganus because he stole the building itself, the sukkah itself. And therefore, Reuven is not Yetzir. That's the example. Rashi doesn't include that. Another possibility of stolen is, which a big machlek is restraining. What happens? The guy says, I'm not interested in doing children. He stole wood. He stole the wood. 
he built himself a sukkah, but he says, I am not interested in paying you the money. Does he become a ganav then? The fact that Rashi doesn't use that as one of his examples means that Rashi holds he's still not a ganav. I owe you a debt, I'm not paying you, but I'm not a ganav. Others disagree and say that you are a ganav. A big problem with this Gemara Rabbi is in Tanakh. Rabbi says you cannot make a sukkah in a public space. In Tanakh, fascinating Perik Nehemiah, Ches and Tess, when they came and they made the first time when they went to Israel and they, they started setting up again, building the second base Amigdash, and they had then a Shoshana Yem Kippur Sukkot, and this very interesting, the people had no idea what it is, and, and Ezra and Nehemiah are explaining to them what it is. And when it came to Sukkot, the Pasuk says they made Sukkot then that they never made since Moshe Rabbeinu's times, which we had a rating more Erechim, or have, asking what does that mean? But apart from that, um, they, um, it says over there that they built sukkahs on their roofs, in their yards, on the streets. It says clearly they built it on the streets. How can Rabbi say you're not kosher? And, and what's pshat? Big, big problem. Everyone asks the question. One of the answers is that they, um, if you hold that the Kedusha, that when they originally went to Yisrael, did not last. Kedusha to show you that you had to do a, a second time. When Ezra and Nehemiah went, they went a second time, made Yisrael holy. So it's because they did it with the, on the largesse of Kedush, then Kedush really owned Yisrael. And if Kedush gave them permission to build it in the streets, which he did, and Nehemiah was a representative, because he gave them permission, it's as if, just like by an area, we make an area of the city, we have permission from the councils. So therefore, in that case, they were permitted to use the streets. So in other words, as the Prima Gaudium rules, if you get permission, you're allowed to make sukkah in the street if you get permission from the local council or from the government that you can do it. <clears throat> Why Taka, they're arguing about a sukkah in the Shusarab in the Rabbana say you're allowed to, and Rabbana says you're not allowed to. So one of the reasons is because property cannot be stolen, but still, According to some, even the question is, how do we view a public space? Do we view a public space that it belongs to no one or belongs to everyone? If a public space belongs to everyone, then you're a ganif if I make it without permission. If it belongs to no one, who am I stealing from? So that's one of the ways to explain why you're allowed to build a sukkah because it belongs to no one. And according to Rabbi, means everyone has a right to be there because it doesn't belong to anyone in particular. And Rabbi Lezer holds, no, it belongs to everyone, and therefore you're stealing from everybody else by building a sukkah over there. Anyway, so the Gemara wants to know then, <clears throat> um, even according to Rechamim, it's hard to understand, how can you be Yetzir with a sukkah when you throw the person out? Why isn't it a mitzvah bavera? Okay, the land cannot be stolen. Shimon moved into Reuven's sukkah and he threw the Reuven out. The land cannot be stolen, but the fact is he's stealing. Okay, when we say the land cannot be stolen, it doesn't mean you're not a ganif. Of course you're a ganif. It means that you have no kinyanim in it, you have no ownership in it. So if you have no ownership in it, but you're still a ganif, isn't that a mitzvah bababera? So even according to Chachamim, how can I walk into your sukkah, throw you out, move in with my family, and, and, and I'm yates in my mitzvah sukkah? How does that work? <coughs> Some want to say, therefore, from here is a raya that mitzvah ha there is only limited to a carbon and a lulav because those are the only things that you do to appease Hashem. But there's no such thing as mitzvah ha by anything else. And that's and they use this as a proof. And others want to say that mitzvah ha there is only with the, the item you're doing the mitzvah with has been ruined because in itself you did an avera. So if you steal a lulav, the lulav itself is stolen goods. 
But when you steal a sukkah, you push the family out and you move in, because there's no kinyonim of stealing, karka ain't exilus, then the sukkah itself is no different than anything else that, you know, you have in, in the backyard, you have stolen items, therefore I can't uh, bench lulv. Was one thing to do with another. The, the sukkah itself is because the character is not cannot be stolen, so the sukkah itself, it's it, it did not become a an object of an avera. However, we'll soon see that there are many poskim who don't believe in the whole idea of mitzvah avera. This is one of the proofs as well. We'll talk about it in a minute. Nothing more further. Anyway, bottom line is how do you know? How do you know that everyone agrees when he stole wood? How do you know that? It says a stolen sukkah. Maybe a stolen sukkah means also stealing wood. So how do you know? We're about 10 lines on the top of the page of the The two cases are a stolen sukkah and making a sukkah in a public place. It's like in a public place. doesn't belong to you. So therefore the problem is that it's not your land. The problem with the sukkah is the land is not yours. So the case must be talking about where I went in and I threw you out. But if I stole the wood and I put it on my own land, the problem is not the land. The problem is the structure of the sukkah. That's not the case, because there everyone agrees. So anyone tells a story, he sapped that there was a woman, the also the comment that Amnachman came from Amnachman. Omer Elisha said, the Reish Galusa, I want you to know that the Reish, Amnachman worked for the Reish Galusa, the chief exilage. He was the head of the Bezin. So Reish Galusa, the cooler Abonam, the Vey Reish Galusa, and all the rabbis, including you, you're screaming in a, you're sitting in a, in a stolen sukkah. Oh, they stole my wood and they built themselves a sukkah. Safcha, she screamed, Ashgabah, they totally ignored her. Ashgabah, Nachman, Nachman ignored her. Amr she said to him, Nachman, it's a woman, that her father, her ancestor, Avram, Tlas, Meya, Vitamni, Se, Abde, had 318 servants. Safcha, Kamaychu, screamed before you, you don't even listen. Amr Nachman, Nachman said to all the people sitting there, not to her, he didn't address her, he didn't talk to her. He talked to everybody in the sukkah and he said, she likes to screech. All she has is the money of the wood. Very strange story. Very strange story. And I don't have time to go into it right now. But he was yomtiv, and because it required a psak halacha, it's like a dintaira. She was saying that you stole and I want a psak and, the, and a yomtiv, a business now out of paskin. So therefore, he did not look at her and pask him that, yes, we owe you the money or the rage goes with the money, because that would be a bezin pasking, you cannot do that on Yom Tif. So he turned to his students or to all the rabbis, there, his colleagues, as if they were talking and learning, theoretical. And he said, you know, that there's a special takaz of chamim that all, all you owe is the me'etzim, and therefore you're allowed to. And she was saying, Avram Avinu had servants, and the Gmarnadorim says that he gave them money to, um, to her so that they should not do the wrong thing. And here you have so many servants of Reish Galusa. Why are you allowing them to do the wrong thing? That's what she was trying to hint at. And Anachman sort of agreed that they did the wrong thing. But it's a takon of chamim. This is how it works. But I cannot tell it to you because of psaks, I'm going to turn to everybody else. That's more or less the explanation of the story. Anyway, Amar Abinu said, along the same lines, if you have a sukkah, a beam that you place in the sukkah, metalalta is shade, so it's a sukkah. The gzula. If the beam was stolen, so the you're sitting in a stolen sukkah. The Rabbanan made a special takona, mishum takonas marish. It's known as a takona of the of the beam that you don't have to give it back. You just owe money because we want to encourage people to do tshuva, and we know that he won't do tshuva because it was too big of a hassle. He's not going to now demolish a sukkah in order to give her back her beam. Says you got a pshita. 
obviously. How is this different than wood? We just learned a minute ago that by wood, there was a special institution that you can keep the wood and just reimburse the, you know, the, 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 the victim with the money. Says Igmar, no, I would have thought, I would have thought, I would have thought that wood is readily available. So therefore, we made a takana to the Gaza, and you pay the money, and the victim then will take the money and buy the wood. If that's the case, very difficult to understand why the servants of the chief of the chief exilarch decided to steal wood rather than just buy wood. The only reason why they stole the wood is because there was no wood available. So it seemed that it wasn't always wood available. But nevertheless, it's more available than beams. But to find a beam that's much more specialized. Amoloi would say not that it doesn't, there's no takana shah, they maybe give it back to the victim. It's not fair. Why should the victim not have to go search for another beam? That we do the same thing, but then the Gemara continues and limits this rule. This is all talking about within the seven days during the Yom Tov of Sukkot. So we want to make it easier for the person because we know he's not going to dismantle the Sukkah. But after Sukkot is over, he has to give it back. So big machlek is what exactly it means. Does it mean that every single person during Sukkot can pay back? But as soon as Sukkot is over, he got to go give back the beam and get his money back. How does that work? Or it means. If he paid the money during Sukkot, then he never has to give it back to her. If he didn't pay during Sukkot, and now it's after Sukkot, then this takana goes away. And now we say, well, you stole a beam, give it back. But if he put cement in this, which means he showed that he plans to leave it there permanently, then I feel Shiva, then even after the Shiva, he gives them money. Tony, we learned. In one place, we learned. Sorry, that, that means gives the money plus a fifth. Wouldn't it? No, 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 no. No, this is because you don't pay double. If you're a gun, if you pay double. But if you're a gazlin, you only pay the, the, the kettle, the principal, nothing more. Fifth is by Truma and by things from Hegdish, those kind of things. Special right. Uh, okay. By Thank your you. Neighbor, if you did it discreetly, then you pay double. Give you, I'll give you a way how to remember the difference between uh, Gneva and Gzelo. Because Gzelo is a gimel. And the neighbor's also got a gimel, but the neighbor's got a norm, which means nistel, that you did it, you did it uh, hiding. Secret. And, yeah, and Xelo is you did it openly. <laughs> so the Balamur asks, but isn't the fact is, okay, so the Chachamim made a takana that, um, that you only pay back money. But still, the trader says you stole. So it's a mitzvah habar bavera. How are you yaitzah? Forget about the fact that if it's yours and not yours. That's the whole discussion. So we say it's considered yours, but it, it, it came through an avail of stealing. Says the Balamor, Mikan from here is a proof that the halacha is there's no such thing as a mitzvah babavera. The halacha is like Shmuel that we learned yesterday. Shmuel says that there's no mitzvah babavera at all, not like Tasis learns that by mitzvah rabban, the mitzvah babavera. And, uh, and the, the Rambam, according to the Magamishna, Paskin's the same way. There's no such thing as mitzvah babavera. It's the, the Ramban. Um, you know, answers that over here because that Veda was over previously when the Chama stepped in and said you can keep the wood so basically said there's no longer an Veda anymore it's yours, you just happen to have a debt so therefore it's not considered a Mitzvah Habar okay. Baveda, Mitzvah didn't come okay, let's continue let's think about it further Tony, we learned Yavesh puzzle. If you have a dry lulav, it is puzzle. But Yehuda Machshe, we learned in the mission that something dry lulav ha Yavesh ha Gazel is puzzle because it's lacking in hodos, lacking in beauty. Says um, Rabbi Yehuda says, but a dry lulav is kosher. What's going on here? Amar Rabbi Zerubin, 
Now remember, it's lacking in Hodr. The Torah says Hodr by an Esser, pre-eighth Hodr. Does not say it by a Lulav and everything else. But Navas, we equate Lulav and Hodr's Narava to Esser. We call, it's called a Hekish. They're all written in the same Pasik, so we compare one to another. They all have to be beautiful. Rabbi Huda Rabbi Huda holds that only a um, a lulav has to be only an essig has to be hadar, but not a lulav. Says the Gemara. Where's the position, please? Someone, please tell him. Uh, Thirty-one eight three towards the end of the left column. Thirty-one eight three. Thank you. We're starting. Says Rabbi. Machlekes, the argument is belulav by a lulav, the rabbon and sabrebon hold makshinen lulav esrik. We compare a lulav to an esrik. Ma esrik, just like esrik, boy, hada the tailor, it's a requirement. It has to be beautiful. Af lulav boy, hada lulav also has to be beautiful. And a beautiful, so beautiful holds lay makshinen lulav esrik. We don't compare a lulav to an esrik. And even though an esrik has to be beautiful, the way we're learning right now, but a lulav doesn't. Avo the esrik, when it comes to esrik, divre hako. Everyone agrees that. Hadar be'inan. Everyone agrees with Essek, you need, it has to be beautiful. Rashi says over here a very fundamental thing. He says, we know that 13 different ways of learning the Torah. Says Rashi, that um, when it comes to learning, apart from Kalvachim, which is pure logic, everything else is Moshe Messina. So because Rabbi Yehuda did not hear about this Hekish, therefore Rabbi Yehuda didn't agree with this Hekish, and the rabbis did hear it. Uh, everyone, everyone asks on Rashi, but Taisus asks. Taisus himself argues and says, not true. A hekish is something that we, it's logical and we make our own conclusions. If it's written in the same Pasik, a number of cases, then probably they're all very similar. The only thing that we cannot come up on our own is exera shava. We say there's a superfluous word here, another word there, and we equate the two, they're, they're far away from each other, they have not, not much of a relationship, and we make some kind of exera shava. Otherwise, we couldn't learn. From each other. Anyway, as uh, I further, um, so what are you telling me at the moment that Lulav does not require to be beautiful? Well, but now we know the beautiful we said we had before. He holds you have to bind the Lulav and the, with the Harav and the Hadas. Isn't it because of beauty? My time, should the boy Hadi need beauty? So how can you tell me that Behuda says you don't need beauty? And we're like, no. Like we learned, Rabbi Huda Omer, Rabbi Huda said, I'll tell you the reason why he holds you have to bind. Nothing to do with Hadar. Rabbi Huda holds you don't need Hadar by Lulav. But, he says that it says in the Torah, he says, Kapais Tamarim. So he holds, <clears throat> now what does it mean when it says Kapais? Kapais means that it can be tied together, Kafas. It's written Kapas in singular, and we read as if it says Kafas has to be tied. So you have to tie it up. So you have, you know, one branch, it's a branch of, of a palm tree, but if you, if it's loose, then you tie it together. Says the Gemara, okay, so no, nothing to do with the Hadar. Rabbi Huda does not believe in Hadar. Says the Gemara, Hadar doesn't require Hadar, but now we learned, the only thing you could tie a lulav with is one of the four species, like take a part of the lulav off, which we do, and we bind the lulav with it, Divi Rabbi Huda. My timer, why does he insist you should only use, let's say, one of the leaves of the lulav to make your knots and tie the lulav? Lav mushroom isn't it because the boy hodder, because it's a requirement that should be beautiful, and it's only beautiful if it's similar? Says, Rabbi says, it does not be beautiful. 
You can use parts of the palm tree, you know, things that grow around the palm tree, which is not necessarily beautiful. You can even use the bark of the tree, which is not one of the, the things that you have to use for the four species. And it's still good. So So what is the logic of Rabbi Yehuda? Why does Rabbi Yehuda say that the only thing, if, if there's nothing to do with Hodor, you tell me you can use the bark of a tree. What's so pretty about the bark of a tree? You can, so then why does Rabbi Yehuda insist that the only material you can use to tie the lulav is something of its own? He holds there's a mitzvah to tie it. And so on. If you bring a fifth species and you tie it, you'll come out, you have now five species. Whatever you're using to tie the lulav is part of the mitzvah. Suddenly you have a fifth species. Now there's a cord of there's no mitzvah to tie. So if you're going to bind, and they just said it's a nice thing to bind, they don't care what you use for the for binding. Why is that? Because in order to be yaitza, your mitzvah of the Arba Minim, they all have to grow kederech dilosan, the way they grow. It has to be upstanding. And because mm-hmm. it's not kederech dilosan, because when you tie it, it's horizontal rather than vertical, then of course you're not yaitza. So it's not a problem. But because mm-hmm. Rabbi Huda says that binding is a mitzvah and the tater, then I don't care if it's horizontal or vertical, the tater wants you to bind it, then that becomes part of the mitzvah. And if you have five species, it is a problem. Michael, can we can we get back to the can we get back to the asteroid? I don't know why does the asteroid have to be hadar? Isn't it enough if the eight is hadar? Is that what it says? No, it doesn't. Eight hadar. It doesn't say anything about the pre. It says pre ace hadar. We're gonna create the fruit of the tree. Yeah, how do we know what an es- okay? If you, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be learning through the flamed hayam and olive. When you get to the flamed hayam and olive, the Gemara will explain the three opinions there what hadar means, and you'll see. Okay, just a little patience. Um, but <clears throat> what we're saying here is that okay, um, okay. The bottom line is that the Behudas believe in hadar. As a result of that, there's a big argument. So what about the number of dinim in the Mishnah that emanate from this concept of hadar, that the top should be you know, chipped or it shouldn't be open all the way. All of these things are lacking in hadar. Would have you to argue in all of these cases and say by- Don't, the don't, all, don't all mitzvahs have to be hadar? Yeah, but that's not mitzvah going to be hadar. That's what Rashi says on the Mishnah, but as Tesa says there, it's not ma'akiv, it doesn't hold you back. It's, it, every mitzvah you should make it nice, but if you didn't, you still yoyed to the mitzvah. Mashenke, when it comes to the Arba Minim or Esrik, Hodder is, is an integral part of the mitzvah, right? It has to be Hodder. So, um, bottom line is we hold that Rabbi Huda agrees that whatever it's, the, 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 it's missing, if the Lulav is missing something, then that aspect of Hodder he agrees with. It's with the Lulav, the Lulav is intact, but it's not very pretty. Then he says that's only a law that regards Esrik as we stand right now and not Lulav. Says the Gemara. Um, so what do you, now we're going to ask the flip side. Okay, we'll grant you he doesn't believe in Hadar when it comes to Lulav. But you said, well, when it comes to Esri, the Taita says Hadar. He believes in Hadar. Is that really so? But Tanya, we learned, the four species by Lulav, just like you're not allowed to diminish less than the number that you're supposed to. The law is that you have to have one Esri, one Lulav, two Aravas, and three hadasim, as we'll see in the more later, anaf eight others, three words, we know three, and in Arabas is plural, so we have, you know, it says in the plural, so we have two. You're not allowed to reduce, nor should you increase. Loi matzah esig, what about if you didn't find an esig? Loi yavi, do not bring in its place, like potash, a quince, like a pomegranate, like a or anything else. 
You're not allowed to eat any other substitutes. Commotion, if it's dry, but not completely dry, just dry, shading is kosher. But devation, if it's completely dry, as Tracer says in the beginning of this period, completely dry means you put your finger on it and it breaks apart, then soon is possible. Now, who disagrees? He says, affivation. He holds that even, the, we're talking about even an estuary, totally dry, he's saying it's kosher. I'm going to give you the My said is a story, in the people of the, of the villages, sorry, the large cities, because they didn't have any farms next to them, and therefore they didn't really have an abundance of love of they would inherit to their grandchildren their leftover lulavim, and they would they would use them. They didn't have a choice, and uh, and they would use them. So he brings a rai from there. He can use a dry lulav, and and, and so on. Omru lehem b'sham There's a proof. Ain shas atchak raya. You cannot bring a proof from times which are very you know when you, in, in, in times it's great times when you have no choice. So um, you can't bring a rai from there. That's what the rabbis told him. So what are we trying to prove from here? We could only mean, we learn how Edward Abihuda says, affivation shaden. He says, dry, totally dry, is kosher, even an esteric. So what do you tell me, Abihuda concedes that an esteric has to be hot? The argument is regarding the lulav and hot Clearly, he says that even dry. My lava esteric, he's referring to the esteric as well, because we're talking about the four species. You might learn, no, lulav, no proof. Maybe esteric, Abihuda agrees, has to be hot. When he says dry, he's talking about the lulav. Now, very, very uh, big machlek is here. It says here you shouldn't add, you shouldn't diminish from the four minimum. Big machlek is showing him here exactly how it works. Opinion number one is that you cannot add or take off from any of the of the minimum. Esrig, hadar, you can't have more hadassim, can't have more others. Opinion number two is hadassim for sure you can add because it's beautiful. It adds to the noy of the mitzvah. But you cannot add or diminish from anything else. Opinion number three is the Rambam. He says that Hadassim, you can add as many as you want. And the more you add, the nicer it is. But he says, but the Evan, if you add it to the Lulav, had two Lulav, two Israel, or you, you, you reduce, instead of having two Arabs, you had only one or, or, or three Hadassim, you had two, it is also kosher. That's what the Rambam holds. Kosher? Yeah. Number three is, no, but this is on the Chatchila. The th fourth opinion of Rishayim is that the Arava and the Hodas, you can add as many as you want. The title doesn't give you a number. So therefore, all we have is minimums, not maximums. So um, when it comes to single things, the title says one. Priyat Hodas, one. And that's how we know we'll learn later on, hey, you can't use peppercorns because you need to have more than one. And when it comes to Lulav as well, Kapas, one is one. But when it comes to Avinochal, uh, which is plural, and it comes to um, enough eights of us. Again, plural, there's no maximum, there's only a minimum. And therefore, in both of them, you can add as much as you want. Shekhanara concludes, Ramah, that Hadassim you can add, as, you can add, and the other ones we don't add or tamper with. So you'll see some people have a lot of Hadassim, some people have, you know, big numbers, six, 12, 26, 63, all kinds of numbers in Hadassim. But that's where it comes from right here in the Gemara. So let's go further. You said the form of shame, and you don't diminish Kachem, Moisif, and Olam. You don't add Pshit, Abiyaz. Why would you think you could? No, Mawatim, I would have thought. Hoyil, the Omer of Yehuda said, Lulav Tzarech Eged. Since Abiyuda said that Lulav has to be tied, the E Maisim Mina Kharin, if you bring another 
species. And you leave it outside of your nut. I would have thought, well, it's not part of the mitzvah. And therefore, according to we would have thought that maybe you could have more species because it's not really part of the mitzvah. I can hold my hand, a rose or whatever. So, that no, you can't have any more. So, according to the Chachamim, they're not tied anyway. Then, of course, you cannot have more because like you're adding. But according to Rabbi Yudah, I would have thought that you can have more. Commercial, you can't. Now, the truth of the matter is, according to the Chachamim, you cannot add more either. But the difference is there's two kinds of Baltasif. One is called Kalamaisif Gereya, and one is called Baltasif. Kalamaisif Gereya means that when you add, it's not just a problem that you added. You completely ruined the mitzvah. Not only do we say that you shouldn't have had the fifth item, but you do, you won't even get to Lulav. That's called Kalamaisif Gereya. And then you have another thing. Whatever you did, you did, but what you added was an available Tasif. So then, so definitely what you added uh, is Baltasif. It doesn't take away from whatever you did. You did the mitzvah lulub, but the fifth species, you're over Baltasif. According to Rabbi Yehuda, if you have a fifth species and you use that to tie, then that becomes Kalamaisif Gorea. You, you, you wouldn't eat at all. But if you had outside of your nut, we would have thought it's not a problem at all. Kamashalon, you're still over Baltasif. You're not, you didn't disqualify the mitzvah, you did, but you still committed a sin of Baltasif. How, how do we know which, which cases either would apply? The, the two, well, the, you said the two ways of looking at it, uh, Baltasif or Kalamushif Gorea? No, it's by learning the Gemara, it's here, Sanhedrin, and all the places where it talks about it. Otherwise, if you have time, look at this cases right here in the top right hand corner. It explains some of the differences. When you say Kalamaisa Gareya, in fact, it's a famous question. Everybody asks, how can we first of all blow Shafer? The terrorist says blow three sounds and we blow a hundred to 130. So the first part of it is because we're not sure, as we're learning about Hashanah, we're not sure what the sounds should sound like. So therefore, what we do the 30 sounds, three became 30. Fine. But we do it twice, right? We do it three times. We do it by between after we do it by those who do by silent Shmanessa, those who do the loud Shmanessa, both. How do we do that? That's extra, that's Baltasif. So some say, if you ever do a Baltasif is only if you add to a mitzvah. But if you repeat the mitzvah twice, that's not Baltasif. For example, a koyin who goes from one shul to the next and does birchus kainim is, is not violating Baltasif because he's repeating the same mitzvah twice. But if he adds another bracha, in fact, there's, you know, there's a famous controversy when the koyinim come off and everybody says, whether a coin is allowed to stay back to you, bruchim to you, because is that baltasif? He just added another bracha to bruchas kainim. Many poskim holding allowed to. In fact, you should say chazaka baruch. You should say whatever you should say. Thank you or whatever, but not say bruchim to you. Not give another bracha. And and um, and so, in fact, chazaka baruch also might be a little problem. So, if you're adding more brachas to what you have to do, that's baltasif. If you're repeating a mitzvah. That is not Baltasif at all. But in Tfilin, for example, if you add within the Tfilin another parsha, then that's called a Mason Gerea. If you if every for everything in Mitzvah, within that Mitzvah itself, you're adding something, that's called a Mason Gerea. Basically, you ruined whatever you did. It's not like, okay, you worked Tfilin, but you had an extra parsha, so you're over Baltasif. You just ruined the whole thing. Adding Titus, is that a Baltasif? Adding more strings, the same thing. Yes, that's Baltasif. Amama, we learned. Loy matza esig. If you didn't find an esig, loyavi don't bring loydim and a pomegranate for the parish. Tosis brings a raya, by the way, that that if you don't have uh, a, an esrig and you use an, a, an old old esig, so you shouldn't forget what it's all about. You actually even make a bracha, even if it's totally dry. 
where you have no choice, we want you to remember the mitzvah, you actually make a bracha. Because what does the Gemara say? If you didn't find an esrig, don't bring a pomegranate in this place. The Gemara should have said, don't bring a pasla esrig in this place. A bigger chiddush. Why does it say don't bring a pomegranate? So Taisa says, if you have no choice, you're allowed to use a pasla esrig and even make a bracha on it, which is pretty amazing. Why would you think you can use a pomegranate? We don't want you to forget the whole idea of an esrik, mashallah. We don't want you to use a pomegranate as a substitute. And why not? Because things actually you can cause a whole kind of churban, a disaster. In what way? The people will start becoming attached to it. If they saw you using a pomegranate, then they'll think, ah, well, esrik is very expensive this year. Let's use a pomegranate. They don't realize that you're only doing it for remembering. In fact, the Achroini bring a ride from here. If you don't make a bracha on the pomegranate, you know, if, 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 if you use something which you shouldn't use, if you wouldn't have made a bracha on it, then why would there be a mistake? People right away realize, why am I not making a bracha? Because it's not the real thing. Is that I, the Gemara thought that if we could use a pomegranate, you would have made a bracha. And therefore, people will lend people to, the, to have to that assumption that in the future, I can use a pomegranate. Why, so why, because, why, why, why is only asking? I, I don't, this is a bit weird to me. It's only asking all these things about don't bring, you can't find estrogen. Why do you say you can't find hadassim or something else? You bring another sort of obviously in those days the same thing applied, but obviously in those days there was no shortage of hadassim or rubbish or little. There might have been a shortage of estrogen. <clears throat> in fact, we'll learn later in the Gemara that estrogen was very cheap generally. The lover were expensive, not like today. And then Rabbi Gamliel once paid a thousand dollars. For an estrogen, a thousand zuzim back then. If you work out with inflation, you're talking about probably a trillion dollars he paid for an estrogen. But um, yeah, because I guess the more just telling you what's common, what's not common. Toshma coming in. The thousand zuz is five times the level of poverty because 200 zuz is level of poverty. Okay, and but work out 2,000 years ago and let it, you know, compounding interest. In well, work, out, work out that an average goat costs two zuz. So you could have bought 500 goats and by now they would have had, each one would have had children and children's children. Oh, you have it. You would have covered the whole world with goats. Exactly. Yeah, just look at the Arab countries, it's true. Toshma, come in here. Esrig hayoshon, if you have an old Esrig puzzle, it is puzzle. Rabbi Yehuda Machshin, Rabbi Yehuda clearly says it's kosher. So clearly we see from here, Abuda holds, and it's not talking about Shasat Chakir in a normal case. That means Abuda holds that not only you don't need Hadar by a Luliv, you don't even need Hadar by an Esrik. And that's a question because the Torah clearly says pre eats Hadar. How can Abuda say you don't need Hadar when it comes to an Esrik? Doesn't that just mean that the fruit of the uh, the fruit of an orange tree? Yeah, but what, not what, the, the, fruit, not what the mean, tree? What's the definition of a nice tree? How do you define nice tree? So the Gemara will say that tam that it tastes the same. And but the Torah said hodav, which we learn hodav means the fruit itself should be nice. If the fruit itself should be nice, hakbasunsi says the Gemara. You tell me you don't need hodav, but none we learned. If you have an essay that is yorikikarsi, karsi is leek, so yorik means green. Fascinating taste is a hayorikikarsi. He says that the word yorok, he brings different gemaras. Sometimes we say yorok to mean green, like, like grass. Sometimes he says yorok means yellow. Yorok is yellow. Brings, and then sometimes he said yorok is blue. And he brings gemaras where it says clearly that yorok is blue because it says that we had a brachas. When can you reach Shema in the morning when you can tell the difference between chelis 
between Etchelis and Karsi. Now, if Karsi is green, he says, and, and, and Etchelis is blue, it's so different from each other. What, what, what does it mean? It means the Gemara is trying to say two colors that are similar to each other, but one's a very, very dark one. So he said that Karsi, which Yodaka Karsi, Karsi, which we normally translate as leek, Karsi can also mean has a blue, some kind of, of, of a shade of blue in it. And uh, and so on. So Yorick, whenever you see the word Yorick in the Gemara, you have to look at the context to see generally whether it's yellow or green. Blue is very seldom, except you know what Tasha brings in, but whether it's yellow or green. So here in this case, it's a problem. So obviously it's green. Ayorikasi and Essek that's green, Ramayas, Machanes is kosher, even though it's green, have you the place, have you the possible? Now, why would have you the possible green essig? Obviously, it's not pretty. Our essig is pretty, is only when it's yellow. Lamish from the boy hodder, you need it to be nice. No, no, that's not the problem here. If the fruit is green, that shows that the fruit hasn't, the, the peidi hasn't matured yet. It's not ripe. And we want a ripe esric. Touch by coming here, sheer esric cotton. What is the minimum size of an esric? Ramea says, egg is the size of a nut. Abihuda says, kebeya, the size of an egg. Why does Abihuda require such a large, decent size esric? Labnashum, isn't it? The boy you needed something nice. And if it's tiny, it's not very nice. But again, Yehuda believes that the essig is a nut that has plenty more to mature, more to grow and to ripen. Therefore, it's not kosher. Toshma coming here, it says, what's the maximum size of an that The maximum size of an essig is you can have two and hold them in one hand, too. We'll soon see why. And Abiyasi said, we can have these giant esregim that you need both hands to hold the esrig. You're also yaitzu with that, because technically you don't have to hold all the minim together in your hand at the same time. You can do ze one after another. Now, my time, why have you to insist that you shouldn't have such a large essig? Lab, isn't it? We shouldn't buy a hudder. He wants you to have a nice essig. Says more like no. I'll tell you why. Nothing to do with that. Because Rabbi says that um, you mean the lulav should be in your right hand. The Essig, the smoil, the lulu, because it has three minim, because it's the tallest, you make the bracha on it, that should be in your right hand. And the Essig should be in your left hand. What happens in sometimes, the mechlefe, somebody gives you a little Essig, by mistake, they give you the Essig in your right hand, the lulu in your left hand. You have to swap them over. And there's nobody around, the guy left, and you don't want to fall on the ground, you got to be very careful. But you have to turn it around, because if you if you, if you have the wrong hand, you're not going And you will come, and you will then, you might drop the essay from your hand and you'll lose your pitum or you'll cause or make a hole in it. So therefore you need an you need to be able to hold the essay and the lulu in one hand when you're swapping it over. So therefore that not do hodder. Says the Gemara of El Rabbi Huda Hoksiv, it says clearly the Pasik Hodder. Answers the Gemara. There are a number of answers in the Laman Hey. I learned like that shit. Rabbi Huda learns like that opinion that says, Ahu Hadar one of the interpretations of hodder is not beautiful. Hodder means that resides on the tree. An esrig, in contrast to all other fruits, an esrig, in contrast to all other fruits, if you don't pick it after it's ripe, it can hang on the tree for, go through one season, another season, all other fruits eventually fall off. Esrig doesn't really fall off. So the word hodder is that hadar bilone mishana lishana, it remains on the tree, and that's how we know it's an esrig. The Rambam writes a picture of nice. We always knew what an esrig was, but we want to know how do you see that in the Pasik. So we're explaining the word hadar. We'll have other interpretations of hadar as well. Besides hadar being nice, that, that resides on the tree, we'll find some other words as well.
other meanings. Then the Mishnah said, if the lulav is an asherah, if the lulav is that tree which um, which they worship, or a city that was found that the majority of the people there worshipped Avoid So the din is that you're not Yaitza. And, and we and the reason is why to Yaitza. Um, the reason why you're not Yaitza is because as Murrah will say, because since the law is you have to burn it and destroy it, and it's, therefore it's inevitable that it's going to be destroyed, so as if it's lacking in its shear. We need a shear for every single one of the four species, and this is lacking because you're going to burn it. It's kitusei mechdeshiyura. So you're missing its shear. Why don't we say it's a mitzvah habab avera? And that's why you cannot do the lulav avoid the zara. So the Tesha already explains because the, the veda is not the cause of your mitzvah. Had, you, had, had it not been your worship, you still could have had your lulav or esri from that tree. It's not like a stolen lulav. You wouldn't have stolen it. You wouldn't have a lulav. So therefore, when is a mitzvah habab aveda, if the aveda already happened before, if the aveda somehow supports the mitzvah, the aveda that you took, that you, that you transgressed, supports the mitzvah. Here it does. Says the Gemara of Amar Rabbi, said, we'll, we'll learn this also in Rosh Hashanah, lulav shal aveda zara, a lulav aveda zara, la You should not take a lulav from aveda zara on sukkis, but the im not kosher. If you, if you used a lulav aveda zara, you are kosher. Why are you kosher? Because we have a rule, Avoidah Zodi, you don't have any benefit from it whatsoever. But mitzvahs, lav lahanas nitnu. Nobody does a mitzvah to have benefit. We do a mitzvah because Hashem told us to. Hashem told us. Even though the Ritva asks, but when we do a mitzvah, we're going to get schar in Ganeden. Or Hashem says, I'm, you know, I'll make it rain in its right time. We're getting some kind of anah. But it's, it's like, it's a side thing. If we're not getting anah directly from the item we are using. If you say, if you do what I said, I'll pay you back. But the thing itself, I'm not having any handoff from. So if you, but you, have it, if you use the lulav from Avodah Zara, you are yaitse because you're not having handoff from Avodah Zara. So how come you can't use a sukkah from it? So the We're talking about a tree from Moshe Rabbeinu. The trees, the trader said, when you come in the times of Moshe, when you come into Israel, all the trees there have to be destroyed and have to be burned. And there's no, no way around it. So we're talking about in that time. And they can not make Tony Dumni and Dachas, we're comparing to Dachas, which all it has to be learned. So the same thing over here. What about if it's a what about if it's a tree of Zara, not from the times of Mesh Rabbeinu, but a tree that was worshipped for Avoid Zara? Can you use it or not? So Taisis wants to say, if Taisis gives a few opinions, but one opinion is a goy, once a yid owns Avoid Zara, you can never go ahead and change your mind. So you know what? I withdraw the Zara. We have to destroy it. But if a goy has a Vedazara, he can always be mevatalit. He can always cancel the Vedazara. So therefore, according to Monopinion, taste is a goy's tree. If the goy was not mevatalit yet, then you cannot make the, you cannot use a lulav because of Vedazara. But if the goy was mevatalit, you could use it. Or, and that's what he says, I, the moment the yid picks up the lulav, he was already kainer. It's his. So it became a yiza Vedazara. So, and, and if the guy was not mevatled yet, and I bought it, it's the Eid of Eidazara, how can you use it? So you say, you have a mind, I don't want to be kind of the lulav. I, but a lulav has to be yours. So we're talking about the rest of Yomtev. The rest of Yomtev. Okay, let's go two more lines. Oh, but it says, Leishanu, it says here, if the top was chopped off of, of the lulav, 
it's a problem. Says the only if it was chopped off. All of this is a crack. Then kosher is kosher. If the tip of the leaves were cracked off, no, you lost the tips. It is still kosher. Says the how can it be? But Tanya, we learned lulav kafel. If you have a lulav that's all bent over, like a hunchback, completely bent over, or if you have a lulav of covers, if you have a lulav full of thorns coming out of the spine, saduk, it says clearly if it's cracked, or akum magal, or for example, it's bent over like a sickle, puzzle, it is puzzle. So it says clearly here that a cracked leaves a puzzle. How can you say nizdik is kosher? But before we get to the answer, the Gemara continues the Raisa. What about Chorus? What about if the leaves dried up like a palm branch? So now they, they don't bend or anything else. They're all spread out and they're thick. Puzzle is puzzle. But if Chorus, it's just starting to form like a palm branch, but yet it's still a bit, a bit soft and moist and you could tie them together, then kosher is kosher. So the question is, how can it be? How can you say Nizdik is, is kosher when it's clear cracks the puzzle? Omar Papa Papa said, you know when it's possible? The of it, if it was made, kehimnik. Himnik is, like the Ray Lash explains it is, is a tool that they used to use that um, was like, a, like, I don't know, it was a one handle and then it broke into two parts, like a, like a letter, I don't know. It broke into two parts and, you know, two parts sticking out. And therefore the luluf, suddenly you have, you know, one part of the luluf spine and then it comes, it breaks up into two, two parts of the luluf then it is possible. That's not what we're talking about before, that, that some of the leaves just cracked open in the middle. Okay, I guess we'll stop here and we'll continue. Uh,